I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. But this little dink ball, the only one in the crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, hits the ground, and it bounces into a fella's chest. Why do you not do many interviews? Oh, really? Yeah, I've been asked to do a whole Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? And they're roaring to me, I'm Caffrey, you free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm absolutely dreading the predictions uh, part of this show, lads, because uh, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this game and I cannot separate the two of them. Like, I mean, it's a 50-50 final. It's fantastic that we don't know who's going to win it because let's be honest, Dublin have been kind of, you know, strong favourites um, in the recent part. Sixth ever final between Connacht and Ulster. Last one was 2012 involving uh, Mayo and Donegal. Didn't work out too well um, against Mayo. I don't know. I think, like, I mean, Mayo fans often go back to that 2012 uh, final, Aaron, and it's kind of like the one that got away. They beat the Dubs. They've beat the Dubs this year in the semi-final. Now they have a final that's winnable. Like you can say, look, we lost to Dublin and they're brilliant and it's acceptable. The, the 2012 one is one that really pisses them off. And if they don't win this one, like this brilliant support that they have, Aaron, like, I mean, I don't know, like, will, May, like, will they just give up on Mayo for Sam at this stage? Yeah, like I suppose if you, if you just look a wee bit down the tracks hard, even if it doesn't go for them, you would have to say... Uh, when are they ever going to win one? I don't believe in the course or anything. Yeah, yeah that's me neither. Not n- nonsense for me, but they have an absolute massive opportunity. You say 2012 was, was very similar and to be fair to McGuinness, he picked out a few weaknesses, worked on a few things, um, which got them to two goals early on and, and left them clambering for the whole game. Um, I would expect that you could see another curve ball, you could see something thrown at them again this weekend um, from Tyrone. But in terms of both teams going into it and the whole week and everyone you're chatting to, like no two people are going to agree with you, you know, and it's it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant to have you say a 50-50 All-Ireland final where you're going to be guaranteed absolute manic intensity throughout. Um, we'll be kept in the edge of our seats. I don't see it being a massively high scoring game I think the intensity and 
in grassroots levels will be huge. Um, but from from a Mayo perspective, it's it's one that they just simply have to get across the lane. Like there's only so many times, you know, you, you can you can take setbacks. Um, I, I lost one All Ireland myself. I'm sure you did, and it it always sticks in you. Can Lee Keegan lose a six? Like is that? humanly possible you know to do that to, to yeah. one person like I wonder it, does it get it, easier it, <laughs> I don't think it I think it'd be cruel it's absolutely I think it's, it has to get worse it has to get worse because you're you're always striving and chasing for this one massive hay um, so we'll see we'll see it's definitely it's, it's going to be an intriguing day out Going back to that 2012 uh, match, Brendan, like, I mean, the two early Donegal goals, like, I mean, what I don't know what it is about Mayo in finals, but they're always chasing the game after conceding goals. Like, uh, Colm Keyes in the Independent had some stats on this, and in the eight All-Ireland finals um, that they've played in this century, the last 20 years, eight of them, <laughs> and a lot of them came in the last 10 years, um, they've conceded 15 goals. 80% of them, which is 12, have come in the first half. If you drill down even deeper, eight of those 12 have come in in the first 16 minutes. Isn't it always that seems to be the case? I remember the two OGs against Dublin and they fly in at Dublin playing terribly. They, they gave Dublin two goals. They always seem to be chasing and they, they heroically get back into contention, but they waste so much energy trying to do that, you know, eventually they lose. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand that one that got away 2012 for me. It was only one runner in that game. Well, they particularly because... Uh, Donegal beat, beating the likes of Kerry, Cork, Thurone, playing that real, real rigid. They were the last team Mayo needed to play in terms of how they play. And when the goals were down the inning, Donegal stopped playing there. I'd say fair play to Mayo, they had a go after it. It was too easy for Donegal in the first half. I, I think that's what led to that. Listen, I had no doubt Donegal were going to win that match. And you talk about semi-finals, the one as well, obviously McDonald's in the background, you know, they, they overcame a, a Dublin deficit as well within the final. I, I just think with this one, and Aaron, I think because we've never seen a team like Dublin in terms of winning. We've never seen a team like Mayo in terms of losing. Now, I know what you're saying about the finals and, and the scars and that, but it's got the stage now where Mayo, there's so many now, I don't think it matters. I don't even think it matters to lose this one. They'll go into next year the exact same again. It just seems to be the way they are now, and they just keep going and going. And because Mayo people are stone mad, the fans are stone mad, they just keep embracing it. And it's not like other counties probably where you lose games and, and some players get attacked. And I know we'll obviously talk about Aidan O'Shea and we've talked about him before in terms of he kind of was maybe the Mayo player people went there. But by and large, the players are backed all the time, every year. And it just keeps going. And I think the big difference with this one is, you know, if you look at it, Tyrone's last final, you know, there's nobody now, there's no connection, of course, to 2008. So nobody on this pitch is going to have an All-Ireland medal. So it's, it's such a fascinating encounter. And I think Tyrone got in that final with Dublin a couple of years ago. They, they would have been down prepared to win. Did they completely believe that they could win? I don't think they did. And I think Mayo got in the most of their finals. They were they, they came in to win the game. But I don't think in their heart of hearts, right to the very last, that they believe they could beat this Dublin team or beat Kerry teams, for example. The lads was involved. There just seemed to be that difference. But I think both these camps, and I think that's why this is set up for an absolute cracker, they both totally believe they can win this match. That's why we're, we're so infused about this game. I think, I think we are. They, like, I'm sure James Horan will be well aware of what happened in 2012. Um, you know, even like in, 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 in other games where we're looking at those stats, it's vital that they don't concede, you know, a goal and be chasing another All-Ireland final. Like, Horan has managed three All-Ireland finals. Um, you know, the Tyrone management haven't. 
there's a slight advantage there. Now, I know last year's was behind closed doors, but when it comes to management, I'm not, I know Doer has won three All-Irelands and all those kind of things. They've won under 21. But planning an All-Ireland final, you know, the logistics of it, you know, do we get there on time? You know, Horn has done that. Horn has learned from mistakes in All-Ireland finals. There has to be a slight advantage to that, Aaron. There is for sure. Like you go back to his first one in 2012 and I suppose maybe the biggest one was he got his matchups wrong early on and that there where he had Kevin Keane and, and Murphy. Yeah. The damage was done and the game was gone. Um, you could say maybe even as far as this year, like was his matchups right even in the first half against Galway whenever they were so poor. You can say, yes, he, he turned it around. He made his changes at halftime and, and they worked. Um, but can you afford to wait the halftime this weekend? You know, if you look at the history um, of the amount of goals conceding, how early they're conceding them, you know, they can't do it against Tyrone because they can sit back, they can soak up all the pressure, they can get their turnovers and, and kill them on the break after that there. Um, but I did think that there was a noticeable change in how they defended. I think they coughed up points, you know, just from looking back over the, the Dublin-Mayo game this year, I looked back over this week, just, to see it again, to have it fresh in my own mind. And there were there were times where you would have generally seen a Mayo player push out an attack and put pressure on a block or trying to uh, d- dispossess a Dublin player and they just drop off and give away a point. Do you know, where I think the big thing with them was they just weren't going to give away goals. Um, now, the tally nearly ran up. They might as well have given away a few goals. Um, but ultimately... It still kept them alive in the game where goals, I know it's it's three points, but psychologically it's a killer. Yeah. Um, but I think that was the big difference um, that I noticed from them, from how they would have been this past 10 years, where they chased down even lost causes at times to their, fo- to their I suppose, detriment. Um, so that's a massive one. If they can get the half-time without conceding a goal this weekend, it's a huge change in comparison to every All-Ireland final that, we, that we've seen. Um, from them this past the you said going right back to, to 96 yeah no it, it definitely had so like I mean at the, at the semi-final there was a supporter behind me in the press box I was at the, in the cheap seats of the press box at the very back so there was I was the next row behind me was supporters and there was a, a supporter going absolutely mad for Kerry an older man um, just shouting every ball and come on Kerry whatever and then at um, at the end of normal time, I turned around and talked to him and uh, chatting away about Kerry and whatever. And then the full time went anyways and Trum were after winning. I says hard luck to him or whatever. And he t- turns around to me, says, I'm not from Kerry, I'm from Mayo. I didn't want to play Tyrone. So he was <laughs> shouting for Kerry. And I don't know, I don't know why, it made kind of confuse me as to why Mayo fans would have wanted Kerry over Tyrone. They beat Tyrone in 2013. They beat them back in 2004 when they were all defending all our champions. They beat them in 2016. They've beaten them in some very close league games, even in Oma, I remember. They've lost one or two to them as well. I don't know why. I would have thought Mayo psychologically had more over Tyrone than Mayo, um, or Tyrone than Kerry, Brennan. Yeah, did you not have your phone recorder with you and asked that guy to explain himself? <laughs> I think it's some kind of tactical outlook. Maybe it'd be a good part of the show there, Willie, a wee, a wee live interview. But uh, listen, Willie, I suppose everybody's got their views on it. Um, I, if I was a male person, as you said, the track record seems to be certain teams just like playing each other. You know, yeah. like Garden and them used to love playing us because they won every time. And that, that was unfortunate <laughs> for us. But Certain teams just seem to have something over each other. And, and for me, if anything, they all have the advantage in that recent record. And, and maybe it's just a structured way, the way that Tyrone will sit and grind it out. 
If you look at how this game will transpire, and you're 100% right about goals in the first half, and the psychological aspect there, and I totally agree, it'll feel a lot worse, particularly if someone hits a goal and tags on a point. You know, to hit four points in a row is difficult in the game, but if somebody kind of grabs somebody by the neck and extends that gap, and I think what Mayo will be afraid of, maybe uh, uh, more so than the dogs we throw on, is how throw will manage a lead, and how they'll sit and get more and more, I suppose what you call, into their defensive shape, and hit you in the counter-attack. That's the big fear, uh, I think, for me, Yogan and this, and that's what I suppose people are afraid of. And if you look at this game going down the wire, for me, it either has, has, has a couple of outcomes. Obviously, for me, it's going to go down the wire. But I think if if it's if thrown go on to any kind of lead, and, and we've seen it even with Kerry the last day, it just is a thing. It's in most of the Ulster teams and in a lot of teams. They'll automatically start to drop and drop and luck they hit you on the break. Whereas if Kerry get a couple of points up and thrown, let's say 10 to go, 15 to go, they'll just keep going. So I think in all Mayo's heart of hearts, the dream for them would be an end-to-end game and, to, and Mayo to hit to room for a couple be ahead going into that last stretch and just to open up and just keep going at them because that's what they'll do. At the other end, there's the fear that if Tyrone get into that bit of a lead on them, force, force Mayo into awkward positions and awkward shots, that's the Tyrone mantra and that's the thing that Mayo were afraid of in those tight, tight situations. They want the game... I think to be extended all the time and be in the end and throw them on the opposite and how that game filters down. I think after the first half, it's, it's all about the second half and how that game ends up and then how people bring on their bench music. Yeah, we'll talk about all that stuff um, definitely in part two. Another one I thought was interesting is we know Tyrone like a siege mentality so they had the perfect siege mentality going into the Kerry match. They were wrote off. I wrote them off. Everybody wrote them off. I think the young Kerry lad went over to meet Ronaldinho and the talk was that he was going to invite Ronaldinho to the final. Like, I mean, Brian McGuigan tweeted after the semi-final, is Ronaldinho not coming to the final now? Is that? <laughs> but so it was the perfect siege mentality for them. You're being written off and Tyrone loved that kind of stuff. They're not being written off in this. It's a 50-50 game. Where's their, where's that edge going to come from? Do they need that edge? They seem to, they seem to like those kind of edges. I saw Niall Sludden talking about Mayo celebrating after the 2016 game. Uh, this was Tyrone Ulster champions. Mayo had been beaten in Connacht and came through the qualifiers. Tyrone strong favourites for that. It was Sludden's first year. But he says, I remember that game being a really physical game and Mayo just having our number that day. I do remember chances at the end and we didn't take them. I don't think there was much, I don't think there was much in it, but I do remember at the end Mayo really celebrating hard and it hurt. It hurt a lot. It hurt the team too as well. Don't tell me they're going to use that. <laughs> Are they going to use 2016 celebrations, that feeling on the pitch? Or like, can they go to that well all the time, Aaron? I laughed whenever I seen that there because <laughs> it's all I thought that they could possibly come up with. Um, that that was five years ago. Um, different management teams, huge personnel change Massive, from Mayo yeah. um, and and Tyrone uh, for that matter. Um, so f- for me, like, there's only so many times you can keep trying to create a narrative where it's the poor me. Um, but in fairness to them. Th- they will there's, try. There, there's no team that likes a chip <laughs> on the shoulder um, like them. Uh, and they respond very well to it. Uh, but I can't see them using it. You couldn't attempt to keep beating that drum that this is why, because they celebrate it for every team that beats you in a big game where it goes down to the wire. Of course they're going to celebrate. Um, so it, it surprised me that he said it because it, he obviously was thinking it. 
Um, but how much it was used in the Throne camp over this past fortnight, uh, I'd be very surprised if it was a common theme that, that was popping up. Um, but they, they'll find something. I don't know whether it's... I don't even think it's an Ulster thing, Brandon. I think it's maybe just a, a northern thing where we we like to have a have a chip on our shoulder yeah, for... You look, at it, you look at it, Aaron. The, the North's always different, right? It's different everywhere. Look at Game of Thrones. It's all about the North. They're all nuts up the North. <laughs> and I, 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 I think, I think you're, you're right. There, there, there is this thing, obviously, but what's going on, particularly in the Occupied Six, what's happened, right? There's a siege going on. There always was a siege. And I think that there's a harsh hardness to, to obviously, the Ulster football that we know. And I think when that when, when you come down and, and how maybe the Ulster teams and maybe got about teams a wee bit, there's this kind of narrative about Ulster teams and about needing a siege. And I, I don't necessarily think that. I think there's probably more of a team togetherness. And if you look at how some of the teams used to play, you know, there was always a, maybe a flair element to, to teams. Now, I know Tyrone had many players in that as well, and, and yourself, Stephen. But by and large, there was more, again, a, maybe more of a rigid attacking nature, getting in people's faces. And, that. and I think all that leads on the... People saying they need a siege, and that I, I, I wouldn't buy on that too much. You agree with that, Aaron? Like, I mean, is it that there's a siege in the six counties, and this is where this this is how you react? Uh, to, to be fair, like we get we get wound up over stuff, like do you know that might be in 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 the media, do you know? Um, well, the Sunday it, game never give you any credit. No, no, uh, but <laughs> they, they, they do like it does get to. We do see it then very much as a us and them, do you know. The North versus the rest, uh, definitely gets into the psyche, and and you'll hear people locally whether it was never am I was going well or maybe it was cross or whatever, and you'll you'll see t- Tyrone using it as well. But um, there is we look at something that might seem very simple or an off the cuff statement can be taken very different, <laughs> very differently <laughs> with ourselves. You have to be careful. Both management teams are complaining about the same thing. They're in unison on this one. James Horan has been given out about the Mir Fuerna um, being banned. And you obviously have a, a water break, um, Brendan, but like there's 40,000 in Croke Park. It'll be the noisiest. Uh, you know, we all remember playing in Croke Park and I'm playing left half forward or left half back and the centre back shouting at you and you can only see his lips moving. There's no ch- You can't even hear what he's saying. So like Brian Doerr has been complaining about it. He said, thank God for the water break because the Mir Fuerna um, role needs to come back. You cannot get messages out to your players. So like I think the majority of people want the water break to go Brendan, because like, well, I think from reading around they do, but that Mayor Furna has to come back. Like a manager can't just stand there on the sideline without having any hope in a packed stadium of getting any message in, can he? Yeah, listen, I agree, surely. Well, I suppose there's a few things on that. The water break had such a massive impact. We heard it so much, not so much in the last couple of games, only when it was like a definitive, definitive restructure and a reorganising. But there had been throughout the season there, through, through the league and early part of the championships, Huge differences uh, from water breaks, breaking momentum, and teams getting new tactics on your right. But I think back, I mean, I've been trouble enough really telling you what to do before a game. Never mind somebody coming on to tell you turn. <laughs> I, I don't think you're listening. I don't really remember. I think it's more a management thing because they're, they're wound up in the sideline. They're trying to get messages on. I don't remember any messages coming on to me in the pitch. Maybe pass the freaking ball a bit more often or something like that. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't remember really, really anything huge coming on the pitch. Yeah, it's more, I'd say, I'd say, yeah, I'd say it's more positional now. switches, yeah. would it be? Well, t- tactically as well, just the way the game has developed and evolved in terms of uh, maybe if something's not working, if you're looking to get to get a change, so instead of letting it run till halftime or till the water break or whatever, <laughs> just in terms of your setup, are we going on a high press and kickouts or to try and 
can get that relayed across six forwards or maybe two midfielders and six forwards, it it is difficult to get everyone on the one page. Um, I don't like the water breaks, and that that's as a player now. I just I, I'm getting sick of walking over because you're only back, you're only out playing, and next thing, fifteen minutes later, you're back over, and it's another conversation. Then you have half time coming again. I just think it just breaks up the play. I, I'd rather just let it go. Yeah. Um, the the, the marathonia, it's probably more now to get tactical messages out to players. But to be fair, it was abused by certain selectors or yeah. or, or coaches. Um, so some managers they were zonally marking kickers yeah, yeah, weren't they yeah, so some managers they'll have no one to blame but themselves for it you know because they pushed the boundaries of what it was supposed to be it was supposed yeah. to be out get a message and off um, so I can understand but, maybe Aaron would you, you not think that you know really if you have the tactics surely you know maybe four weeks they plan for Tyrone they're going to say right this is a situation this situation this situation outside of maybe switching a player you know, which surely they can get from, from a half-back that's closest to them. They say, tell them on the switch or, you know, whoever it is is closest to them. It's surely not that difficult. The whole thing of, of, of tactics going on in the pitch, I just think surely that this by and large has been addressed outside of outside of something really weird happening or, or telling the player to, to, to mark somebody else. No, I agree. I think the message to switch positions or switch markers is very easy. It's one-to-one. But I do take your point, Aaron, where you go, look, we're putting a big press the last 10 minutes now or something. We had There's a weakness there. You, if you tell one player that, how can he get across to the... You know, it's a lot of players need to kind of hear that message. You know? Because so then think, you're, you're shouting it to, to other players. Your opponent hears it. They can read what's happening now. They, they, they've planned for what you're maybe going to tweak or what else you're going to throw at them. So it's something that needs to, to be filtered around in a in a good fashion that everyone uh, is on board. But I, I, I do agree to a certain extent that you have to let so much go that's just off the cuff. Um, I, I'm not in management, so I don't know how difficult, how often I really need to talk. But f- for me, I think everything is talked about and communicated. I don't know how massively, massively important it, it really is. I don't know whether it's as bad as they're making it out to be. Yeah. Um, do you know, for a hundred years we managed without without a marathon. Yeah. Um, and, and we got on okay. Their... But the, yeah, like you said, they do seem to be making a, a big case for it at the moment. Maybe they see their roles as being more important than they actually are, which might be a little bit understandable as well. Yeah, we, 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 we don't know, but it, uh, it's a tough job for Mayor Ferna to get in and talk to six or seven players. They're sprinting around, <laughs> sprinting around trying to get, um, get to everyone. <laughs> Alan Dillon has been talking about the Mayo crowd, Brendan, and we know, like, I mean, geez, have been at enough all Ireland finals semi-finals involving Mayo to know that the the you talk about Mayo team being bringing in intensity the Mayo crowd bringing in intensity like no other and I mean if they're uh, outnumbered by Dublin fans you still hear them more they drive their team on there's a chaos that happens in all Mayo games and it's down to the crowd and Mayo players on the field seem to be calm amongst all the chaos and only Dublin really could match them when the, ma- when the game gets to these completely disorganised it's chaos there's turnovers happening all over the bloody field you don't know whether you don't know you can't even you know think I don't know how the players have the you know calmness to be able to think on the field but he said when momentum is with you um, yeah it's great to have them on your side Mayor are probably the best in the country when that tempo um, and that level but I suppose there's an uneasy there's an uneasiness around mistakes and the oohs and the ahs from the crowd and that's kind of a big thing when the game's disorganised there's a turnover the Mayo support kick every single ball now for me 
when it gets that disorganised, I see that as a big advantage to Mayo. I don't think there's an uneasiness on the Mayo side. I think the other team's not used to this complete chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And funny one, listen, let's, let's call it. You know, I've heard loads of times people giving off of Mayo fans, right? And and I've heard it a couple of times in about Kerry and that. And you know what? I relate this back to, and you're all about celebrating earlier. Most teams lose to these teams. Uh, I think with the Dublin, Dublin could be cool because they were in control and they were so good. They, they probably didn't want to ram it down anybody's throat anymore because you're going to win and that's it. So I see that as, as, as that thing of people maybe. You lose a championship game and, and there's a bit of mouth in between people and then they hold on to it. People hold on to that stuff while deep. And it could be one bad egg and among two hundred that's you have to fall out and then your Mayo fans or whoever you're playing against. But you're right, that same thing and that's what you talked about earlier, Aaron, about you know, scars and Mayo and that I just think because the fans are that way they just the, the complete backing of them is, is unreal. And in terms of in the game there, well, I think the Mayo fans or the Mayo players now are, are well used to that. And this year of all years, I think when nobody's expecting anything and the way the championship's gone, I think this is the time that I think they're going to light up. And, and as I said, particularly in that second half, if Mayo get a run on them and then fans get behind them, it's a bit like the old scenario with the Hull there, with teams used to do the Dublin. It's a bit of that there. But I think by and large, when Mayo were 10-4 down to to Dublin, as soon as they kick that next score, you know, the Bayo fans are up. They don't need a couple of scores to raise them. Yeah. They're, they're behind them every time. So it gives you great confidence going into the game that you're not under pressure from your own fans. I know they're, they're really involved in it, but they're behind you and that's all you want as a player. It's definitely something Tyrone need to talk about, Aaron, right? That in the second half, you know, more so, the game will be chaotic. Mayo might get two in a row. Now their fans will cheer every pass every score every and it'll be f- every turnover and it'll be fever pitch and lads you have to be ready for that yeah and again just looking back over the, the Dublin Mayo semi-final like from an 80 year old man to the children who were there they were going berserk as soon as this comeback was on you could yeah, see yeah. them they're literally jumping up and down looking at each other as much as to say we're on our way back here they all get involved in it and I suppose it just goes back I remember walking into to Croke Park uh, in the 2017 All-Ireland Final and Sun was splitting the stones and the green and red of Mayo come on and I've no well I suppose Tony McIntyre was coaching them at that time but I've no, I've no invested interest in, in Mayo football the hair was standing on the back of my neck the atmosphere at that stage like the place went m- mental do you know there's probably very few counties that really, really engross themselves in a game. You say literally kick every ball and it has to fuel you. But the big thing that you say is, well, Brandon, you'd mentioned it. They're well used to it. Where You would have had the fear maybe with some teams. Once that sort of swell of emotion comes from the support, the players then, the adrenaline just goes through the roof and, you know, you make the big catch or a block or something out there and you hair off doing something you shouldn't do. They can still stay in the moment, you know, and continue to do the simple things well. But I would say it is a case of this is building for whatever since Horan came in since 2010 10, 11 years of it um, so it's something that the whole group has has become used to and accustomed to um, and I definitely think it helps them um, but I don't think 
there, there's a hindrance. I don't think they get caught up in it as players, which is it's great from them uh, perspective because I suppose we're all passionate and we all can lose the run of ourselves. But they seem to be able to, to just keep a lid on it. I, I think that it, maybe it, not so much it even affects them. Even Alan says there's an uneasiness. I think it affects the opposition because they're not just not used to it. Like I mean, I remember 2007 final. Um, against Dublin and we talk about don't concede a goal to Dublin the stadium comes alive and that stayed like they can, we we were a few points up before half time they, they scored a goal Mark Vaughan that stadium it was 82,000 at it that day that stadium just rocked and I was playing wing forward I remember thinking Jesus Christ do you know like I mean just the noise of it like your brain scrambles for a second and goes and then by the time the 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 whole thing had died down. Dublin got another goal. And by half time then, we were shell-shocked. We were four down instead of being three or four up. But with Mayo, Brendan, this kind of stadium rocking, this can happen with a turnover. <laughs> like the stadium could go... My, and, and, and it doesn't die down then. It stays going at that fever pitch. And like you could get 10 minutes of yeah. the... Like you need to be incredibly mentally strong, I presume, to stick to your game. You know, as the whole stadium's just lost the plot. Yeah, yeah, and this one again coming out of the lockdown and big crowds and I suppose atmospheres, you know, it's all right saying throwing it won't bother them. I think obviously it has to have effect on it because we've seen performances and teams change as soon as fans come back in. Home teams and that, you've seen a lift from them. I've seen it been at games myself. You see that presence of fans lifting the team and it's it's always what we've known. But, but you're right, Di, that, that I suppose for years, well, well I've hated the, the kind of, a bit of the tough the, the rhetoric on me because you know looking back at it really you know like most players give the right arm to play in all the final and they dream about it they talk about it if they even went got near it or played in it for example so for these guys here they're, they're living out the dreams of, of many footballers yet they're taking all this abuse and sticking it so they just that's well i think that's what i'm saying they've got used to it that's why i don't think there's any issue with them going into this final you know they've got the full week leading now the, the horn is meticulous and I think in that preparation, and particularly in COVID now, you, you don't see anybody anymore. You don't see players. You're, you're not going to see players. You don't really see anybody generally. And, and no things is opening up. But you don't, don't see people still where you are. Like I was talking to one lad knows one of the wee male forwards well. I'm not, I'm not mentioning him, but he knows him well enough to text him. He texted him a couple of weeks ago, and, and then he met us to Annie. He says, no, phone's been off since the semi-final, basically. You know, he's, he's just down, that's it. So... Everybody's completely tuned in for this, and I, I think coming into that Calder and Crow Park now, I, I think yeah, certainly the fans, I think will give certainly that extra wee left in the room. Listen, not right now, but the noise that Toronto are going to bring as well, will they? So yeah. I think that's an important aspect of the game. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to uh, run down the Toronto support, which are pretty loud as well. It's just uh, males take it in, take it to whole new levels. Last one before we start talking about the match. As Darrow Shea was in the Irish Times talking about sleeping before the nineteen ninety seven final, he didn't sleep. At all, the night before the 1997. I don't think I'd tug out. I'd be like, Jesus, my head would be completely gone. Um, he said, I didn't sleep a wink on the Saturday night. Of One of those nights where you know you have to sleep, so all you can think about is trying to sleep, and then you can't sleep, and then you pass from trying to sleep to worrying about not sleeping is going to mean for you the next day, and now you definitely can't <laughs> sleep at all. Um, I don't know. Like I didn't really have problems other than maybe rolling around for maybe half an hour. I kind of nodded off then, Aaron. I, I, I can't imagine staying up all night before an All-Ireland final. Yeah, that's that's a disaster. Uh, to be fair, I wouldn't be the greatest of sleepers. I'd be excited to know you'd be looking forward to to your big games, be twisting and turning. It definitely wouldn't get a, a peaceful, clear night sleeping through. Um but yeah, to be 
to be that excited or, or that pumped that you don't get any sleep like it's it's a disaster because he's in a hotel room as well that he doesn't know as well which yeah, is um, ideal and probably a bit of baggage and pressure coming from 11 years of not having Sam and the uncle being manager he had he had plenty riding him <laughs> uh, at that stage but yeah it, it, it's far from ideal but I think I suppose every team now um, they're used to, to traveling they're, you're used to staying away um, in, in different hotels um, I'm fairly sure that you know Tyrone will be just going through the same routine that they did for the semi-final Mayo at this stage are well accustomed to it so I think it's something that most teams will have fairly well adapted to um, but it is it's it's a massive game it's 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 as big an occasion as you're ever going to get it's where it's where you want to be so there's pressures and there's excitement and there's there's a whole lot that comes with that there Yeah I, re- I kind of relate the sleep thing Brendan more to when the children are crying in the middle of the night and you go in and give them the bottle and you're in there too long, now you're wide awake, it's four in the morning, you know your alarm's going off at seven, you're getting in more annoyed and annoyed and you're never sleeping. You might as well just go down and make yourself a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I see Colin Kavner writing about this in the star too. He, he just loved his own bed. and He must have a wee comfy blanket or something in there he didn't want to get away from. But yeah, the, the, listen, the, the sleep thing, I remember years ago, what, what do you call it? Could just sponsor Westmeath? I remember we were to go down to play awfully. Uh, me and Tony Boyle was together. It was my first year. And we were in that hotel. There was a nightclub in it. And the tunes was kicking out of the nightclub. And I was back into my house at the time. I was naming the tunes to Tony Boyle. And this was good on and on. I was like, geez, who planned this sad trip? So hopefully the guys don't have anything for that to put up with, you know. No, I'd say it'd be quiet enough. Right, we'll leave it there and we'll start talking <laughs> about the match finally. All right, so we have loads to get through here, lads. There's loads of different uh, points that we need to talk about. I suppose we'll start off, Aaron, with the way they'll set up, and they're going to set up pretty similar. Like, I mean, generally in the semi-final, I've been at both semi-finals. Tyrone are leaving the three inside. They're leaving McCurry, uh, Donnelly and McKenna inside. No huge major formation. Maybe McKenna out in front of the two boys a little bit. And then you have Aidan O'Shea and Ryan O'Donoghue and Tommy Conroy kind of maybe starting in the half-forward line, maybe a little bit in front of them. He doesn't want to work back. So very similar. Half-forward lines are going to work like dogs into that middle third. That's the battle zone. Tyrone keep talking about the intensity May are going to bring. We know Tyrone bring an intensity. So there's a lot of similarities between how the, the team, both teams are going to put a lot of pressure on. That's the big change from Tyrone this year in that they're pressuring further out the field, like Mayo. Um, so there's a lot of similarities between the two teams. I think that's what makes it just so intriguing. Um, you have two clashes, you know, that are, are t- two similar styles that are going to clash here. Um, the I suppose between the two forty fives is where a lot of the contact is is going to happen. Um, in terms of long direct early ball in something that we might have seen to say even Tyrone doing against Monaghan not sure you, you'll see a huge pile of that because the heat that's going to be on them um, it's going to be difficult to get those passes off um, inside but I suppose in the whole context of it you know what you're getting from from both teams. Um, you know, Tyrone really stifled Kerry, had a few key matchups. The, the sorry, the bulk of the matchups, and and they won them all. Um, the difference in this game is, I think that Mayo have a lot more running power, and in terms of running power, I mean 
numbers going that Kerry didn't have. Kerry isolated yeah. themselves a huge amount. It was one-off runners all the time, which is just exactly what Tyrone wanted. Um, were I think what we've seen from from Mayo this past few years since Horn has developed this sort of new team is the willingness of three, four boys to go every time. The risk for them, or not the risk for them, is the the question mark is it didn't happen in the first half against Dublin and it didn't happen in the first half against Galway. Is there a reason for that? Uh, do you know, in terms of tactically, I don't think there is. I think it just didn't happen. Do you know, I think the 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 drive wasn't in them uh, and I think it has to happen from the first minute this weekend because there's nothing more than Tyrone Love than getting turnovers because number one, they'll punish you on them. But secondly, it lifts them. They get in your face, they'll aggravate Mayo, they'll put them off their game. So from the first minute, if they're going with a running game, they need to get it going. They can't afford to wait the half time because psychologically, uh, even if it's not on the scoreboard, psychologically it'll give Throne a huge lift. Well, well, that's the thing. When we talk about Mayo, Brendan, like, I mean, Gavin White, when he got it, the odd kick out, he was able to make inroads and there was nobody really with him. He'd give it to a forward. He'd take too much out of it. Mayo have maybe four Gavin Whites. Um, they've Ushin Mullen, they've Paddy Durkin, they've Lee Keegan. They're, you know, three really big ones. They've, they've Hessian if, if, he, if, if he starts and he could easily uh, start. That are able to punch holes. And on the Tyrone side, we know McGeary. We know, you know, uh, who'll play wing for. You, you might have Myler. These lads will be tracking these. these. These lads might be spending their time tracking these runs and they're maybe not able to drop back and double up, you know, and, and help out maybe like they were against Kerry. Yeah, I, I did a couple of critical things in there. Well, where does O'Shea play? Like, if, if he goes inside, obviously, the way Mike the picked up Clifford, you know, is he coming in and out? And how does that disrupt the flow of the forward line? And will Mayo target long ball then? At the other end of the place, is, is Moan fit enough to play? Is Owen McLaughlin about in terms of, as you said, players with, with legs to break forward? And I think from Mayo's perspective, it's about getting scores. So if you leave it that O'Hara's in the round house with, with a Mullen, right, then that would probably leave Keegan uh, picking up McKenna, which is, is a strange one in terms of the danger of McKenna versus Keegan going forward. And, and for me, I would want Keegan up the pitch as much as possible because he can put the ball over the bar. At the end of the day, with, with obviously, as we know, uh, O'Connor out and scores, you know, we've seen not a huge score, low scoring game against Dublin, which is probably the reason, let's be honest, Mayo got the draw and then came through. So I think it's utilising any player that's able to put the ball over the bar from Mayo. I think there's more danger on the Toronto side, and particularly after three goals in the semi. I think that's that's kind of the setup of both teams. But for me, any of those players, you, you mentioned Durkin and Connor, players that can get in, can break that line and either set up a score, get a free, or put the ball over the bar, they have to be given licence. And if they're doing detailed man-to-man jobs, it's going to negate what Mayo have. And I think that's a huge aspect of the game, getting that right for, from Mayo's perspective. Yeah, you see, I don't think any of the Mayo half-back line would be given details. I think the Tyrone half-forward line might actually be detailed at them. Oshin Mullen will bump forward, Paddy Durkin will bump forward. They'll have to be watched. Is that McGeary? Is it Myler? Does Myler mark Ruan? We'll get to matchups in a minute because Myler marked Fenton before in all in finals. But, like, I mean, when, when you look at the, the, the Mayo full-back line... Um, I think Keegan plays in there. I think Keegan plays on Donnelly or McShane or whoever um, whoever's in there. Um, I think O'Hora marks McCurry. I think Hessian might start on McKenna. Um, they'd be my matchups. We we talked about James Horan. We might as well do matchups here. We talked about James Horan getting them wrong before. Um, if he listens to the show, there's your matchups, James. 
Yeah, I suppose just to go back to it, and I, I do think it's going to be key, and it might seem extreme, but I think the Mayo defence and midfielders are going to need to kick six to eight points this weekend for them to win because their forwards are going to be under that much pressure. They're going to be outnumbered um, in terms of the amount of people that throw them well back and the heat that will be on them. I think it's their running game from Durkin, Keegan, McLaughlin if he plays, Oshin Mullen, Matthew Ryan in particular. Those guys have to get scores on the board because they're punching holes. The more holes they punch, the more they're able to draw out the, the thrown defence which then frees up the forward lane to kick scores because uh, like, like he's about to say the out and out scoring potential and so forward quality you would have to say it's lopsided slightly favouring Tyrone um, but the, the running game um, and the strongest point of, of Mayo will be their defence the, how sound they are defensively but the running power they have from it and their midfield and obviously their fashion ability in midfield Yeah like I mean both teams have great running games I think I do think Mayo have more pace coming out of the defence um, than Tyrone and do that better like I mean I, I, I think Tyrone have an advantage in the full forward line but their kicking game was a disaster against uh, Kerry so can they get that advantage if, if both teams break even around that middle third battle zone who can get more out of their full forward? I think Tyrone's is more dangerous. Uh, Brendan, we'll get to Aidan O'Shea in a minute. We'll, like, we'll, here, here's the thing. Does, does McShane start? Let's just uh, discuss that for a second. For me, he starts. I think they have to stop this. He's all-star full forward. Not only does he start, he puts Donnelly into midfield, which gives them much better balance. Kennedy probably isn't as mo- mobile enough to be running around after Dermot O'Connor, Ruan, uh, Loftus, these lads. Maddie Donnelly needs to be out there. So even if you don't want to start McShane, you almost have to because you want to bring Donnelly out there into that uh, area. Then you have McKenna, McShane and McCurry. Now that's an All-Ireland win in full forward line. Mm. Obviously McShane, really, McShane was had a, that, that player won the All-Star. Of course he starts, he's, he's a main man inside, you know. Um, I know McCurry's been brilliant, but you know, in terms of everything, that McShane, he's, he's like the complete footballer inside. But, Certainly, lastly, if you look at it with himself and, and Canavan, McCann, even Bradley coming on, you know, you're on with Hessian there. Like, Mayo do need to keep something in reserve because Tyrone are going to need reserve. And if they start McShane, someone else is going to come on with, with a point to prove. So, that's a difficult one. Well, I've watched them every game. I've been at all of them up until the semi final uh, in the flesh and just watching McShane himself, very rusty looking uh, against Cavan in the first game when he came on. And then, you know, you, you, I've just seen him slowly get get better and better. I still don't think he's, he's where Cal McShane can be. But you're right, there's an interesting one. If they do that, let's just say they let McCurry, and we're just talking about McCurry the last day, really showing his maturity in the game where, where he's been well marked. And then he came came on the loop. Maybe that's the game for him in a pack no defence with a clipping and clapping and, and, and really trying to clamp players again. If you have target line inside, if McKenna stays inside with McShane, and you're, you're going back to the, the ghost of 2012, etc. Really. Tyrone could go direct with that ball inside of two large ball winners in there. And if, if McCurry stays close to him, that's a very de- de- dangerous proposition in terms of the flick down. And you have a player with real gain and skill coming off the back of that along with all, all the rest of the runners. So very, it's a huge, huge decision. Has, Mc, has McShane got 70 in him now? Really? Because he hasn't played 70 in, in so long, 70 plus. Uh, you know, do, does he go off then at the vital point of the game? As we all know, Willie, we've seen some terrible first half from teams uh, this season that have went on to win the game. So I think everyone's looking at the second half. So that might be the wee Tilton factor that they just hold uh, hold McShane in terms of 
uh, bringing him on for, for where the winning of the match is because he has done that his contribution in the last eight game of course the goal was massive. Yeah, I suppose I don't. I don't know. I prefer the good players um, to start. Like I mean, th- there's a point we talked about Mayo being surprised by Donegal with that long direct ball to Michael Murphy. Like, could we see that? I remember the last league game Mayo played against Tyrone. It was in Castlebar. Tyrone relegated them. It was a brilliant game. Tyrone scored three goals. Like they were playing with the wind in the first half, and Conor McKenna was dropping deep, pumping in long ball. Remember, Dara Canavan skinned. The Mayo full back line. Like, could, could Tyrone be in their team meetings go, here, hang on a second. Everyone's expecting us. We got loads of scores off turnovers the last day. We know Mayo are going to track us like dogs. You know, Kerry didn't do it. We won't get that joy off Mayo. Well, let's, let's throw something at them that they're not expecting. Well, the one thing about it is Mayo will give you that opportunity. Because you, you don't play a full-time yeah, sweeper. If, if, if you want to take it, they'll give you that opportunity. Um, now, with the Tyrone lineup the last day, depending on where they are, like you, you have Myler, Hart, McGeary, O'Neill playing in around the, the half forward lane. Who's a half forward? Who's a half back? Yeah. Very hard to tell. Um, so it does it does give Mayo. You wouldn't even call him a sweeper. It just gives them a free defender to play his own position. Um, is that something that they're going to talk about? This is what we do if they do start going long, like just one man in at the, the foot of a full back to pick up the pieces um, of a break ball. But definitely the opportunity will be there for Tyrone if they wanted to chance a few. They have the personnel who can pass and they have the ball winners and, and like Brandon rightly said, the likes of McCurry sniping around in there who would finish a half chance um, if it came his way. Something simple like that there might be the difference. It's the curveball that's thrown at this here that you know, did just take a risk or take a chance because I don't think it's going to work on the opposite. Like even though she is a, a bigger man, Tyrone are excellent. You go right back to the, the teams that I played against where we had Steve McDonald, Ronan Clark. They found it so hard to, to either win their own ball or to bring each other into the game because Tyrone were excellent at having an extra man at the foot of their defenders in the full back line. The red deflated the ball well. They always got themselves into a position where they were able to help someone in a one-on-one situation. So for me, they're more streetwise. Tyrone is more streetwise with that regard than what, what Mayo would be. So is that something that Dewar and Logan are looking at? Could well be a possibility. Certainly when Mayo don't have a very obvious natural full back in there, you know, like, I mean, unless they play Brendan Harrison, he came on um, the last day, you know, so he's back and he's had that month. He's obviously an all-star player who would be a a natural uh, full back, be able to play there, no problem. What about Aidan O'Shea, Brendan? Like, I mean, I take Aaron's point. Ronan McNamee is going to want Aidan O'Shea to play in there because if Aidan O'Shea doesn't play in there, he's going to have to pick up either Ryan O'Donoghue or Tommy Conryan. He doesn't want that day at the office, really, uh, probably at all. He'd love nothing more than to stick it into Aidan O'Shea, win a ball off him, tell him he's no good, tell him he's cramping like the semi-final, say, you know, look, it's happening to you again. McGeary, Michael O'Neill, lads are going to love nothing more than getting back in front of him, maybe taking a knockdown. Two or three Toronto lads are pushing Aidan O'Shea, you know, and now Aidan O'Shea is rattled and Mayo are a bit rattled. Like, I think Mayo's number one game plan this year is playing Aidan O'Shea in there. They want to play him in there. They play him and Ryan O'Donoghue in there. Is that the smart thing to do on on Saturday or is the smart thing to do to say, let's take Aidan O'Shea where he's best at midfield. Now, we have to rip up what we've been trying to do all year, but we're going to put him where he's best, where he can uh, really hurt Tyrone, where Tyrone are not that strong, but rip up what we've been doing all year. 
Yeah, I, I think well, maybe he's not just as good at the likes of Ryan Loftus, he's guys at maybe driving with the ball and maybe getting in behind in that quick pass or, or releasing the guy or getting into a position to score. If you take it back to the semi-final, well, he should have three points, right? And you would have said he had a good game. He wouldn't have come off and he wouldn't be part of it. I think we probably overdo uh, his in terms of because of we said all the hype around him. I think the Mayo players now have seen they come back from the, from the dead with O'Shea not on the pitch. And I think that's probably done them good and done O'Shea good as well. Because, well, you're not like uh, play, playing a poor game, and particularly getting into a final then. A lot of people's had a cut at you. So you're going in here now, and he's already coming with a lot of bulls. So if Tyrone money makes it win, I think he's going to be ready for that because he's going to be hurting a bit from being subbed. So if he gets the start, well, it's not like he would have come in that semi-final. Where will this, where will, oh, he, he's de- listen, he's definitely getting the start. I see some people talking about this. He's definitely getting the start. Where do you think he's going to start, though, Brendan? I just think the, the, the jersey, well, he probably treasured a bit much already starting, but he knows that he can come off. And that mightn't have been something that was in his mind going into the semi. So he's probably got the bit between the teeth. I think, well, they need to use him in and use him out. Because depending on the flow of the game, I think Tyrone would be happy for him sitting in one position, either or. If he's out in midfield, along with Loftus and Rianne, and they have the better of them, Tyrone are going to avoid midfield. They're going to avoid trying to play the ball in if they can. Obviously, we've seen them going long the last day. But I think they're going to try and avoid the muscle that they have around there. And if he plays inside, you're right, and as Aaron said, they'll have to double-team him, but that surely means that there maybe is a wee space for a Donahue or Conway or somebody to be coming in the round for that type of flick down the same way at the other end. So I think it's almost a bit like the Michael Murphy scenario with, with Donegal. If you put him in one place too often, depending on the flow of the game, it doesn't suit, and you're all about the Mayor Vanya and how to use O'Shea. I think that's a vital part of the game. It's at the right time he has to go in to cause the trouble, and then his physicality is going to be needed out the pitch. And how, when, and, and the flow of the game, how that matches up, that sometimes can just be luck, will he? But it is, a, it is a huge aspect of it. Yeah, the throne will be well set up for him inside. Everyone will know where they have to be uh, whenever Mayo have the ball. His strengths, for me, his best position, I'd be playing him around the half-forward lane because he's a ball winner. Very, very unselfish in terms of getting tackles in and all that there. But if he's in the inside lane, he's not a shooter. So he doesn't have that threat. He's always going to pass it off. Anywhere from the 21 in is far more clogged than it is from midfield to the half forward lane. So what he does really well in that position whenever they're in possession is he attracts two or three people because he's so big, you can't go to him in a one-on-one situation. So he attracts two or three people and he has got good hands at that stage where then he can slip the ball off to someone who's coming at pace that's broke into a bit of space because a few of the extra defenders have all come to him. The same thing doesn't happen in the full back lane because obviously there's more bodies around there and a turnover against him is magnified way more and definitely will be against Tyrone. So I, I understand, you know, you've seen a lot of games and he has played inside. I do think at times he will be there, but I'd see him more drifting out towards the half forward lane to try and get on ball, um, try and see if he can create pockets of space for other players coming at pace to get in and get shots off because like I said, that's not his strength. His strength is winning the ball and bringing others into the game. And I think to leave him in there, to leave him isolated, to allow turnovers against him, that that drains in his confidence. 
but it's, it's a massive psychological lift to, to throw. And, and just on that, Aaron, as well, is that if you play him centre half forward, there's no one obvious really to mark him unless you bring McNamee out centre back. And that's messing it. You know, you have Michael O'Neill, you'll have Peter Hart, you'll have McGeary. You know, these kind of, or Myler, these fellas. Frank Burns, yeah, Burns yeah. might but, but, be but, the but, obvious yeah, one. Yeah, but he wants to be the actual one to sit in. Yeah, he doesn't want to be the one who's in direct combat. He wants to be the next man in to tackle O'Shea. So great, so if O'Shea gets the ball and he's taking on a one-on-one with whoever it might be, whether it's Michael O'Neill or whatever, and uh, Frank Burns then gets sucked into that tackle and O'Shea gets a slipped off, the plus one's gone. Then, you know, that's that's Mayo dictating play to Tyrone and not the other way around. There's a fine balance in it, but... But it's a position he's perfectly comfortable in. It makes perfect sense then to play him at 11. It's his best position, as far as I'm concerned. It's like, for years I would have thought, put him in full forward, lump it in, have men coming off him, have him maybe chipping over a few scores. We've seen now, that's not his natural position. It's not his best position. So what can you get the most out of him? And one other thing, like, you're completely right, Brandon, what you're saying in terms of the bull is absolutely going to be up on him, but he's the captain. He has the opportunity. If he has the game, if he has, if he fulfills his potential this weekend, he has the ability to lead Mayo to being the All-Ireland Champions League. Yeah. He's been in more than enough finals that say shows the distractions not going to be there. All he has to do is perform to the best of his ability. He doesn't need to worry about anything else this weekend other than performing to the best of his ability. If he does that, May will be hard to stop. Hey, another thing Tyrone should, needs should to be. Mike the me, should Mike, see if it goes down the heaven, sorry, well, should Mike the me then just follow him and just do your marking job to stuff him out? Because, you know, we're talking about the importance of him. I mean, Hamsey's well able to hold that, that full back area. You know, McKernan maybe sits in then and becomes a, what you've got more regular cornerback that, rather than roving. Because then you allow Burns, as you said there, to, to sweep and to fill his gap. So then you haven't really conceded anything to Mayo. You still have a man marker going out taking out one of their uh, uh, leaders in the game. Yeah, I think definitely McNamee man-marking him in the edge of the square is easier than man-marking him at centre-half-back because Aidan O'Shea can take kick-outs, he can get himself into the game, you know, an awful lot easier around that middle third, win his own ball, um, where he's not being doubled up on. I I do think that would be potentially... Well, in in, in general, with Michael Murphy over the years, whoever was detailed to him went everywhere. I'm thinking of... Justin McMahon and those like they just Sean followed tried loads of lads to do that they, job. They, but they followed him him everywhere. So is it something that they do? Like Aiden's he's that big that he, like as strong as Ronan McNamee is, Aiden still win his own ball. It's can he hold him off to draw a second man in to release their strong runners? That's that's when he's at his best. That's whenever he helps the flow of Mayo's game. Yeah, exactly. Who do you see an advantage on the bench? Uh, Brendan, like I mean, Tyrone have an excellent bench, and if you're right in what you're saying, and McShane doesn't start, like Tyrone have an out, Tyrone have one of the best benches in the country with Canavan, Bradley, and McShane for the forwards. You have Tiernan McCann as your first one for for the backs, and you've no Ben McDonald come in at midfield. Like they've it all covered. Um, you, well, you would assume Rory Brennan should be Rory back. Brennan Richie back. Donnelly Richie probably Donnelly. could be back. Yeah, so yeah. To, to have those options, if they were back, right? Yeah, Rory Brennan. That, that'd be t- the two for the for the the backs and Richie Donnelly potentially midfield or wherever they have an excellent option I don't think Mayo have a good bench now I'd love to see Hessian start and I take your point that they needed something off the bench as well but you're looking at James Carr you know you're looking at Jordan Flynn you know you're looking at McHale young start. who? Yeah. If McHale doesn't start if McHale doesn't start you might have him which start. is something yeah. but there's nowhere near the same danger off the Mayo bench as no. there is off the Thrones it's I mean, Tyrone's bench is absolutely frightening. I mean, you you just wonder if it goes to extra time. 
you have to think that they have a massive advantage just on that sheer ability. I mean, Derek Canavan, I mean, there's been people talking about could Derek Canavan start, and I just think the craziness of Bayo and everything you've spoke about, really previous around the, the first half and that, I would never see the point. Just put him in. You look at the wee way he can open up the game and that, and the amount of ability when the game opens up. There's a lot of things pointing towards uh, its room there. Should the game go, go into that extra time? But the conditioning of Mayo, well, you'd have to say the, the, the energy levels. And as well on Tyrone, you know, particularly with everyone was hanging room the last day. I'm not too sure he's doing S&C, but I know Peter Donnelly's in with, uh, with Tyrone there. You'd have to say phenomenal stuff. I mean... The two teams, the freshness and the fitness that they brought, you would see in, in, the, in the extra time in the second half in particular, you would have to say the two of the best prepared physically teams we've ever seen as well. But certainly, well, we all know about the bench. And, and like I said, even in the players like Mark Bradley and these guys, I mean, God, if you've played 70 plus minutes or, or 60 plus minutes or if it goes in the extra time, you've somebody's nippy as Alexa Hammond Canavan coming on, throwing a shape and, and going by you. So, so those things that would be leading uh, definitely into Rowan's uh, favour for, for the whole game. Dar- Darren Cohen is one that I didn't mention there. He, I think he, in a broken, disorganised game where he can get on the ball, he's extremely accurate, Aaron. Yeah, he, the one thing he's got is good feet. You know, so get him the ball anywhere inside 40 metres and he, he can put the ball over the bar. A game opens up um, and there's maybe not the same pressure or intensity. Um, that's that's exactly, ideally suited for him uh, coming in at that stage. But in terms of if you're saying the the quality in both benches, to me it's stacked in favour of Tyrone. And I think particularly what matters most really is your, your scoring power um, and, and the ability that they will have coming off the bench uh, you could be looking at one four, one five that you could easily see them being able to, to chip on and I don't see the same scoring power coming off the Mayo bench um, so if it is a close contest and Brendan says it gets to the stage where you know things are opening up a wee bit more Tyrone have that bit of class and that bit of quality um, that you know, they have rootless finishers um, that they can call on. Uh, but I suppose we've said for years that Mayo don't have the forwards and Mayo don't have the scoring potential, but this has gone on 10 or 12 years now and they're still coming back and back and back. It's Their game isn't about someone who's scoring 1-5 or 1-6 all the time. Granted, Killian O'Connor would kick whatever he would kick um, in terms of freezing from play, but it's it's their running game, their running power, um, and their ability to stay in games, to come back from games where they look like they're they're completely gone from. Um, I think that's what's maybe their most admirable trait this past ten or twelve years, and what's made everyone really sit back and enjoy them. Yeah, spread it, the spread of scores. Come here, do you are down on McShane starting or not starting? No, I don't think they'll start him. I think uh, it's it's too big of a risk for someone who hasn't played a full game of football in over two years, uh, coming up in nearly two years at this stage. Um, for him to have to go off in 45, 50 minutes, I think psychologically that there could be could be a huge blow to Tyrone where I think coming on. Um, now, it wouldn't surprise me if they throw a curveball in terms of visit Mark Bradley up front uh, or, or Dara Canavan or something like that there, which then will release, whether it's McKenna or Donnelly, out to the middle of the field. I yeah. think that could potentially happen, but I don't think McShane will be the one who'll right. start in the inside lane. I think he's too big of a player for them. I think you could start... Bradley Canavan or something that and, and withdraw them to put McShane on where I think if you're turning the tables doing it the opposite way I think psychologically it, it could be a downer on Tyrone OK that, that's a fair point because are we all agreed that somebody that Kilpatrick is going to follow Ruan it's, a, it's, not, it's a, not an enviable job he has for the, for the day because Ruan never stops running but Kennedy might not start 
because, you know, of his lack of, you know, mobility against Mayo and either McKenna or Donnelly will probably be in midfield and you might see a Canavan or a Bradley starting, Brendan. Would you go along with that? Yeah, yeah. And it, well, they really did. Literally outside of, there's probably, what, there's going to be 16 players in the round that midfield you know, where anybody plays in terms of position. I suppose it doesn't really matter that much, but how they match up to each other is the key. And, you're right, the, the physicality of Donnelly and McKenna as well is huge. And you're all about, um, you know, O'Shea. How you're getting the best of those two players and, and their physical input into the game, I think just McKenna's ability to be all over the pitch. Probably Mark Simmons is the one that's, that's, that's going to drift out that bit more. I just think that I just like the look of um, uh, Donnelly and, and uh, McCurry a lot this season. They, they've done really well inside and they, they complement each other. So I think that the, all those things, really are probably as we're talking about it now, means that Mayo but probably want to finish this game in normal time because I think because of that bench and out of time, and you know, but somebody might uh, tire up, you know, you've, you've, but McCann to come in, his ability not just to be a great defender, but to come up the pitch and score, he's scoring every game, he, he comes on, he's such a threat as well. So they're all the things that uh, Tyrone have. So thinking about it now, I think if Mayo's going to win this game, they want to want it inside the, the, a lot of time. Yeah, no, I don't think there is extra time uh, this this weekend. I think that if it's a draw after normal time, it's just it's just a replay, which the GA would absolutely love. So, like, I mean, there's no this is one right. game they're not going to because they need another payday, and I'm sure there would be extra time. <laughs> there would be extra time um, in the next one. We'll get on to kickouts, um, Aaron. Like, I mean, you know. We saw what Kerry did. Like, I mean, Mayo will have learned a lot from Kerry's mistakes, won't they? Like, I mean, the amount they conceded on turnovers, they'll have noticed how their full back line was well able for the throne kicking game, in fr- you know, out in front of them, marking them from, you know, beside and punching the ball away. The aggression, which was a big plus for Kerry. The short kickouts with Kerry never going long. Like, Mayo aren't going to repeat that. Like, I mean, Henley has a good variety to his kickouts and surely in that middle third, from the from a kick out point of view, when you've Aidan O'Shea, Ruan, Dermot O'Connor, Loftus, there's an advantage there for Mayo because out of other than Kilpatrick, Tyrone don't have great fetchers. They don't, and I suppose a few aspects from Kerry is like we spoke about it before. They went short, and the the cornerbacks or the fullback, any of the fullbacks, just ended up literally carrying or Gavin White right to the opposite side of the field where they weren't taking any Tyrone players out of the game. Yeah. They were going on a one-off run. Where It's not like Tyrone of old where everyone's dropping as far back as the inside the far 65. They still were engaging around the middle of the field but because there was only one carry man going and all the rest of the Tyrone players were doing man-marking jobs, White was making headway but he was nearly condensing the field and them all then because he hadn't taken out a Tyrone player and then every, every carry player was still marked. You know, So it was of no advantage to them whatsoever where in an ideal world, you need to go hard at somebody to draw a throne, the player, to have a loop around you and then you're punching another hole further on up the field and yeah. you've taken maybe one, two players out of it. That's what they have to do if they're going to go short. They have the hunger, they have the dogs around the field to go long and, and win a ball cleanly um, if they can win it cleanly. If not, they'll have the people uh, on foot you know, to, to win the breaks. But... I get what people are saying, you know, if you if you if they had if Kerry had kept going long, throwing at more players there, you know, they could have won break balls. But if you win the ball cleanly, you can take a mark now. You've a free kick. Yeah. Do you know, so you, I don't I don't want you to stop and slow it down and let them get back again. But they can't touch you, you know. So you have a free kick to get the ball moved on as quickly as you can to another player, and then you're in the far forty five, you know, and you haven't had to do any running. 
you know, you you you've, you haven't expended any energy whatsoever. So not to do that at all at Ever. any stage. Like, can you say if they remarkable. keep doing it? We're not saying keep doing yeah. it because then it becomes obvious. But yeah. you've three targets, right, left, or up the middle for a long kick out, yeah. and Jesus, for vary it some little bit to keep them guessing. But again, Tyrone dictated the whole game, and Kerry played the their tune. They were allowed to do this, so they just did it. They didn't vary it at any stage. Whereas if you go along with a few and they win them, do you know, then when you say, then the throne have to start pushing up. Do you know, you have to make them think. You just can't keep doing what they want you to do, do you know, because it's madness then. Um, so Mayo have the fetchers. They definitely have the hunger if it comes to, it's not a cleanly one ball and it breaks on the ground. And they have the, the men to, to, to carry it. And what they have is they have better players and more powerful runners who will go in more numbers than what Kerry did. So if Tyrone want to sit back, like, it's all right, you might fancy, you might, if you're going to take Keegan on in a 1-1 situation, but as he's offloading the ball to Oshin Mullen, who's coming even faster off your shoulder again, they're very hard to stop, you know, and if they, and then Rowan's coming after him, or Owen McLaughlin's coming after him. Yeah. Um, they have serious pace, and then what they also have is they have the scoring ability. Mullen will score, Durkin will score, Keegan will score, Ruan will score. You didn't have that same threat with Kerry. Well, you had good footballers yeah. in maybe loose situations. These boys don't mind contact. They don't mind taking you on and one. Like they'll, they'll lay you up and they'll take you on, which Kerry probably didn't do. They they're, didn't ask enough questions no. of them. They turned it over too cheaply. They're, they're stronger too and they're more physical. And like, I, I mean, all those things. So like Mayo have definitely an advantage on the long kickouts. So Morgan is probably going to have to go short um, a little bit more because there'll be a good few Mayo targets out there. One thing Mayo are very, very good at is when a team goes short. They have an excellent press. Um, now, Aidan O'Shea is a big part of that. You know, like, I mean, we're talking about playing him out at 11. He orchestrates the, the press, and he if he gets a hand on you, you're probably going to spill it. You know, like, I mean, to have it... Putting Aidan O'Shea at 11, I suppose you're losing that, Brendan. Um, you know, but if, if, if Tyrone are going to you know, be scared of going long after what happened with Kerry, like Mayo are going to have to identify, right, where are they going to go here? Yeah, well, this, that, this could be the one and the reason of the game. And there's a massive psychological element to this. It's almost like the teams you see now trying to play out to the back in soccer. Another team presses them and it just messes up the whole flow of everything because you're not able to do that. And we've stopped you and you've ended up kicking the ball over the line and the crowd will roar and you to the crowd. So, for Tyrone now to get a kick-out strategy and play really, and change what they did in the semi-final is a massive thing. They've got a huge work on it. That we all know now, I only caught the end of kind of kick-out strategies. The time and the effort it takes to get one in place where everybody's tuned in, it is, it's a picking, it's almost like take, could take up half the bloody training session getting a kick-out strategy right. So so this thing of, of, of Tyrone changing now, is a psychological thing that the team are going to try and enforce on Mayo. And, and Aaron touched on it there about the semi-final. Even though it, it was Tyrone who did, did the tactics, they did give Kerry the ball. If Kerry didn't maybe use it enough and, and it suited Tyrone, which is fair enough. But I don't know if they just maybe enforced it on them because when they went long, then obviously it was a, it was a 50-50. So Mayo don't mind it either way. They, they want it long. If you want to go short, as you said, boy, they'll push up on them. Yeah. So that in itself really is a huge psychological imbalance in, in their favour. And I think, you know, about the first half and, and the kamikaze side of things, no matter what way Throne are going to do it, Mayo are going to really, long or short, really go after their kick-out. And the psychological impact of that, the players will try and play it down, the body language will try and stay right, but that's a massive 
massive uh, advantage at Mayo. I was doing him trying to strangle uh, Tyrone. And as we know, we may if they get the run on them, they score a point. Next ball, squeeze them up again, turn them over, get the crowd on them, keep squeezing them in. So how Tyrone deal with that? It's very, very difficult one because if they come up with a plan and a tactic and try and hit the wings, if that gets stopped a couple of times, what does Morgan do then? You know, have they got a backup plan? Do they just go long? May we eat it up? So that's that's a big, big, big aspect of the game. It could be the one in losing of it. I have, uh, we'd have to get to predictions now, lads. So to kind of summarise everything we have been talking about here, just because this is such a difficult prediction, kickouts advantage Mayo, right? Because they have advantage on the long ones and they have a very, very good press. Tyrone don't have a great press. Intensity both teams are going to bring to middle third and putting calling that uh, all square, yep. right? Um, pace running out of defence. I think Mayo have the advantage there, like the advantage on every team in the country, pretty much. Full forward lines. We think Tyrone have an advantage there. Bench, we think Tyrone have an advantage there. Uh, management experience, we think Mayo have an advantage there. Um, the running game, probably breaking even. Uh, the kicking game, probably breaking even. Uh, support, Mayo. Uh, mentality, we didn't really talk. We've talked about Tyrone before. They're the mentality monsters. Mayo have this baggage of losing finals. I understand this team don't, but don't give me you know, the doubts potentially that could be there. We're giving that to Tyrone. Free takers. We haven't talked about free takers. Now, there's an advantage to Tyrone for sure if, when McShane is on the field because the McCurry and McShane. The problem with uh, Tyrone, they've no right foot of free taker. And the problem with Mayo, Aaron, is that they've no left foot of free taker. Isn't it gas? It is. And it's, it's surprising to have gotten to, to the stage where we're at here. Um, and you don't have your, your nail down going to kick 80-90% uh, free kicks and, and you have the same hanging over both teams um, but we're going through all of that there and again I suppose that's, this is what's fascinating about it is that there's just so much that is swaying both ways and they are so evenly matched I think it's going to come down to that one of the two teams is going to have to go slightly off skew from what they've done all year yes they're evenly matched but what I, what I mean is what surprise are they going to bring yeah is it Aidan O'Shea doesn't play as the as a focal point in full forward and he plays in the half forward lane because that's where he, he's better on the ball is it Donnelly coming to the middle of the field someone different in the inside lane um, instead of him the matchups like is is Myler going to go in midfield on Rouen similar to he did in Fenton a, a couple of years ago Um it, there's going to have to be a tweak that's slightly different from the norm, from what we've seen as has been pretty regular all year for both teams. That it could be the difference between winning and losing here. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm giving free takers to Tyrone when McShane's on the field because they'll have it balanced out then. So it's five all, Brendan, and there's one, <sighs> two, there's five all and or four all and three draws out of the eleven categories. So like, I mean, it's not an easy prediction. You can start first. Um, so. <laughs> Work yeah, away, yeah, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people are going to ask me during the week, I'm thinking, right, there's nobody with any assurity can call this game, you know, and just on that, that Mayo press and, and the kick out and, and how that happens, the, the only thing about Toronto, they love being in the battle. I think they'll enjoy that close contact side of things as well and being in and around the house. And if Mayo are trying to put it to them, how they break out, and of course, if they break out, and get a score up the pitch as Mayo's trying to squeeze them. There's a psychological side to that, and I suppose that's what they'll be playing up on. So, this morning, first of all, I'm so used to bloody extra time all the time. Thanks for telling me it's going to be a replay. I'm getting all excited about fucking uh, uh, extra time. But listen, well, 
the, the points you've made there, uh, uh, as I said, coming on the closing stretch, if the run are ahead by a couple of points and they've unleashed that bench, I think they'll manage the game out. Um, goals, obviously, as we know, both teams are desperate not to concede any goals. Tyrone scoring three in, in, in the semi was massive for them. You know, let's, listen, but if that's in, it's game over, you know. If they outgoal Mayo, you know, certainly if they get two on them, it, it's their game. So I think Mayo protect their defence. That's why probably Keegan will stay in the round there. I just think if, if of the opposite end, if, if, if Mayo are in that bit of a lead and their tails is up and they've got uh, Tyrone on the rack, they could go ahead and win this game and push on and run it by three or four points, should it be. So either Tyrone, Tyrone by a point or Mayo by, by a similar or they, or they push on. I've a slight wee wee feeling for uh, a Mayo, but every day it changes. If you ask me the word, I'd probably be Tyrone, really, but for now I'm going to go for Mayo. Mayo, Mayo won. Aaron? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say the same and I can't tell you why. I just I nearly have just a feeling in, in my gut whenever... Yeah, I mean, Andy Moran has that good feeling too but yeah. I'm sure he had that good feeling all he the other He has them for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't had them for all the Mayo ones. No, just, just something... You just have a feeling this year about Mayo, lads. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. just something about them. I said, it's the first time that I've had it but I, I don't... It's your th- first? Y- yeah. I've had th- those feelings in 16, 17 and I was burned with them. I wasn't far away but I definitely had the feeling in... I think it was 16 I, 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 I fancied him to like be you, You're so foolish to write off a throne team in what's going to be an out-and-out out battle. Um, but I don't know. There's just something in me that thinks this this is Mayo's year. Um, no logic, no nothing. The feeling you got, that's what I'm I'm going to run with. <laughs> it's, it's as complex as that. The feeling in your gut is is the pure madness of Mayo with all the retirements, all the All-Ireland uh, final uh, playing players who are legends K- in Mayo. K- Killian O'Connor. Massive All-Stars. Losing Killian O'Connor. Aidan O'Shea's captain. How many people would it sicken to see Aidan O'Shea lift Sam Maguire, you know, and get rid of all that? Aidan O'Shea be the one to break the curse. And, you know, because he's much maligned outside of Mayo and completely unfairly. All those things are making me think that that madness is going to be Mayo's year. And then I look at Tyrone and look who they've beaten. And look at how they, like, these lads are just, you know, they're, they're on a different level when it comes to an All-Ireland final. Like, I mean, they, it's very hard to break Tyrone. They have a great full forward line, think they could get goals. And, like, I mean, after all the madness of the Tyrone year, wouldn't you say, like, no other county other than Tyrone could have won that bloody All-Ireland, beating yeah. Monaghan, Donegal, Kerry, Mayo, after having a COVID scare. And Ka- you'd be like... Ka- Kevin, Rain and Ulster Kevin champions. Rain and Ulster um, champions. And you say, there's 2008 all over again, where it's nearly the hardest All-Ireland that's ever been won. And on Monday we'd be going, Jesus Christ, Tyrone. Like, I mean, how can you beat that, you know, that crowd? I don't know, because well, I've you, you've, you've, If you want to look in depth enough... Beat Kerry in 03 in an All Ireland semi final. New management only ended a fresh bounce off them. Are you looking at the same thing again yeah. here? Um, so there's a good, for me, I have a good feeling on both. So the good feeling isn't working for me. I don't know what's working for me. <laughs> just, only, just sit back and enjoy it. That's what we do. <laughs> so my gut doesn't work. My, my analysis, I can't come down on it as a draw. Yeah. I'm going for a draw. And we'll be back here next Thursday. I'm supposed to be going to Spain next Tuesday. That's out the window again. And we'll be back next Thursday and we'll have something to go on then, maybe, to be able to give it... I'm really sorry to everyone. I can't decide. It's a draw. And it's a replay. That's what I'm going oh, If I had known there was a draw, Brandon, I would have went with a draw. <laughs> Don't often sit in the fence. Right, that's it. So we've two Mayos and a draw. Well, maybe you'd have gone for a draw if you had the no, option. No, no, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with Mayo. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Listen, stick to what your gut tells you. If your gut tells you both teams, just go for the draw. I think that's what we'll 
we'll uh, that's what we'll put it down to. Right, listen, that's all we've time for. We'll be back on Monday, and we'll have maybe we'll have New Ireland champions, or else I'll be right, and I'll be you, you won't be able to listen to me. So we'll talk to you all then. On the fence, on the fence. <laughs> Good luck. But this little dink ball, the only one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, hits the ground, and it bounces into a fella's chest. Why do you not do many interviews? Oh, really? Yeah, I've been asked to do a whole pile. Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? And they're roaring at me, I coffee, you free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs> Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.